Um, we were holding over here in Halacha Zion, Perak Halacha Zion, sorry, Torah. And we'll just review, we'll start again where we left off last time about, uh, it, it, it deals with God's unity. Seven. This God is one. Neither two nor more than two. And we talked about it last time, what, what's two and more than two. It's a oneness that there is nothing of that nature, or that oneness in the world. It is not one in the sense that it's a confederation of a lot of parts. The United States is one nation under God, indivisible. But it's one nation, it's, it's United States. The, the, it's, it's, a, it's a group of states united together. So it's one in, 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 a, in a sense where there's, there's an overall circle for it, but it's not inherently one. So not that type of oneness. So there is a type of one where we speak about something that includes other things. And it's not like one in the sense of a body that can be subdivided into subunits. For instance, the human body is not a confederation of parts, but there's a subdivision of parts. A hand is a hand, a foot is a foot, a mouth is a mouth. Each one is a separate entity. No, it's, it's um, these, actually. Um, there's nothing like it in the sense of its oneness and unity. I want to explain, we we spoke about this last time, and I'm not going to go over the things we spoke about, but I want to explain just another point. When when you read textbooks, and you say that, and they have that so-and-so was the one who thought of the atom first, or who came up with the idea of an atom first. Yeah, actually, these were made for everybody. Uh, the, the, The idea, so people don't understand... What, is, what does it mean? Whoever thought of the atom did not think of it in the sense that we thought of it today. The, the original issue was, can you keep subdividing something ad infinitum? You have a piece of cake, so you can divide it into halves, and halves into halves, and halves into more halves, depending on how many kids you have. You just keep going until, at some point, um, you, you may not be able to slice it further, but it, it is divisible, can we say that you get to a point that's not divisible? And that was a machlokas and svara. Before they had ways of testing things and, and doing experiments, people thought a lot. And some said, well, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a continuation, and you can keep subdividing infinitely until you just don't have a knife sharp enough, but, but there's no reason not to do it. Um, the, there was another svara that held that I don't know the names, but I remember the svaras better than the names, that, no, there is a particle that when you get to that particle, it is an indivisible particle. We don't imagine anything like that. We can't imagine something like that, because for us, everything is divisible, and, and you justify that. Ironically enough, even, I mean, atoms have long, have long become huge, and, and, and it's been subdivided a, a number of times, um, Quarks are being subdivided. I, I, I'm not sure 
if when people say today that you know he was the first to think of atoms, we believe in atoms. We don't actually. In the, in the original sense that an atom was an indivisible particle, we still haven't settled on something that that we truly believe is indivisible. I mean, the atom itself is, has a structure, and, and the parts have sort of you can break them into parts, whatever. So God's unity that it cannot be divided means a. It's not some. It's not anything we can really imagine that's organically one. We also can't imagine something that functions in different ways to be one. Like we, we gave the example last time of a person. When I meet a person, so I say, this is Ruve, but he's got a light side to him, he's got a mean side to him, he, he, when he's down, he's one way, when he's angry, he's another way. We, we recognize them all as being part of the same person, but we definitely think of the different moods and different reactions as being not that they don't integrate in any sense. They just when he's in a good mood, he's like this. When he's in a bad mood, he's like this. And when he's troubled, he's like this. God is one, meaning there is nothing like it. A that's not divisible, and that's what the Rambam says. You can't subdivide. It's not. It doesn't consist of units. And B, whatever units we see, are really part of the same thing. Just like the same prism will reflect light differently as you shine a light, and it's not the prism that changed but rather it's the light that you're shown in it in the angle. The same thing with God. The different actions and reactions are just, uh, they are the result of us, not of Him. When we have different attitudes towards Hashem, it reflects back in a certain way. But it's not that He is different. And that's something that, those are both very important yesodos of Emunah, that when we say, uh, thank you very much, when when we say Hashem is one, we mean in those areas, that's hard for us to imagine. Not that we don't believe in 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 in, in Jesus, or, or we don't believe in many gods. But that's for us is not a, not a terribly uh, important issue. But what is important is understand that the different act, the different actions of God are from one um, mahalach, and the differences are us. Just like a kids and the Marshall used that was a teacher, where a superb teacher uses different tactics, but they're all tactics. He doesn't lose his cool, or he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't lose control of himself, but he shows different reactions via via the kid. So those are the, that's the oneness of Hashem. And we'll add another point when we go on, but let's get to the next point. In the middle, there's two dots over there. The Rambam will now prove, the Rambam will now prove God's oneness as a corollary to a to another belief in his incorporeality. And this is a Rambam sheet that's very unique. Were the gods to be many, they would have to be bodies. This is a point that the Rambam uses to prove God's oneness as being the same as God's incorporeality. And he says the following. When I say I, there are two people here, how do I, how do I determine two people? Well, it's very simple. This, this person starts at this point and ends at this point. The next person starts at that point and ends at that point. So I, I allocate a certain amount of space. I can describe them differently. He's tall, he's short, he's heavy, he's skinny. So I, I have some way of delineating A versus B. I can do it with time. I can have two, two drops of water that are exactly alike, but this one fell down at 110677, uh, and this one fell down 110678. So I've differentiated with time. 
I need to be able to distinguish between the two things by creating a boundary. There are no two justices, because where's justice one and justice two? In, in a concept of justice, I can't say there are two justices, because if there is an absolute concept, it, it doesn't, how do I define two of them? I can, you know, there's what to do with a, a murder, there's what to do with a robber, there's what to do with, 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 a, with a trespasser, but I, I can't define two entities. How are they two? If I, if I speak about a person, I say there is Ruvain 1 and Ruvain 2, the same person. I have to really define myself. Ruvain 1 is when he's in a good mood and things are going his way and so on and so forth. Ruvain 2 is when things are souring and, and, and he's not earning money and he's, and he's having these problems and those problems. I, I need to define something to create a boundary between two entities or else it's, it's the same. Also, sometimes when a person is trying to, in Gemara especially, where a lot of <coughs> a lot of the lumdus, a lot of the learning depends on splitting hairs, as they say, then, you, then, then you've got to define... Somebody will tell you a very, a very fine distinction, and you'll say, I'm not sure if you're playing with words or not, tell me enough Gemina. What's, tell me a case where A will be true but not B. B will be true and not A. Um, some, I don't know how many of you will appreciate it because you need to be familiar with Gemara language, but someone, a very big uh, Rashivate, was telling me when he was a 13, 14 year old boy, he had an older friend of his who was in Yeshiva together with him, he was about 15, mm -hmm. and they were very gung ho about learning. And, you know, and he was very competitive, his friend. He said, You know, I thought of a very good Svara, we could go to Chazanish and tell it to him. Chazanish had some access to grind about the Yeshiva type of fine spinning of his, where he felt sometimes. You know, it, it wasn't uh, real. But they went to Chaznish, and this little 15-year-old, you know, tells him, he has this kasha, and he wants to say the and he's, and, he has, and he's raising a question, is it this, or is it this? So the Chaznish is, thinks a minute, and he says, and what difference is there whether it's this or this? In other words, give me the test case where you can prove if it's A or B. So the kid said, I, I, there might not be a practice distinction, but to understand that there's a distinction, which is what a Rebbe usually tells a kid, I, it, it, was, it was a little bit on the chutzpah side, but you know, that was a, a kid. So the Chaznish smiled gently, patted him on his back, and he said, my dear young man, he said, just keep working on svaras that have no distinction, and you'll grow to be a fine Amaris one day. <laughs> and that was because basically you're, you're playing with words. You're just playing with semantics. It's not... Um, another area where you see something like that, just, I, I, again, I wish you had been more familiar with it, because it, it's more... There is something in halacha called a sfex faker. Um, a sfex faker is like this. If I have a doubt whether this is a piece of kosher meat or trefer meat, then, then I'm not allowed to eat it, because suffix the rice is l'chumra. If I have a double doubt, whether, for instance, um, it, it, whether it's kosher meat or trefer meat, or maybe it's not meat at all, but it's tofu, then it's called a double suffix, a sfex faker, and it should be mutter. Um, so I, it, let's take a, a, a classical case of sfex faker. Um, a person uh, doesn't... Uh, the question is if this meat was, was salted or not, and you would have a suffix, A, maybe it was salted, and B, maybe it doesn't need to be salted. Maybe, maybe it's raw or something like that. That would be a sfex faker. Now, Sfex Fake itself has a lot of conditions, and that's why in Halacha, people tend not to use it as, as a heta, because it's complicated, a lot of complicated conditions.
There's a famous condition that's called Sfex Feka Mishapeches, meaning the following. You've got to be able to twist around the suffix in both ways. For instance, let's give the example I gave, and we'll see why it's not a good example. First of all, this woman, this piece of meat may, may be meat or tofu. If it's tofu, it's mutter. And, if it's, and, if, and, and even if it's meat, it may be kosher meat. Now, can I reverse it? Can I say this might be kosher meat or trefa meat? And even if it's trefa meat, it might be tofu. No, there is no such trefa meat that's tofu. So that's not a good sfex faker. On the other hand, let's take an example. There's a woman I want to marry, and she's had amnesia. She doesn't remember if she was married, divorced, or anything. So I say, A, she might never have been married. And even if she was married, she could be divorced. I'd have the same problem. You know, if, if I say she's divorced or married, I can't say maybe she was never married. So, so there, are, there are cases where Sfex Faker does work. Um, for instance, if I have two pieces, and, and the question is, is this meat or the tofu? And I look at the milk, and I say, is this milk or tofu? Then I'm allowed to combine the two. Because that's a Sfex Faker. I can start either way. I can say, is this milk meat or not? If it's not meat, I can combine with anything I want. Even if it's meat... This other piece might be milk or might be tofu. So I've got a double suffix. Can I reverse it? Yes. I can start with this piece and say, is it milk or is it tofu? And even if it's milk, this piece might be tofu and so on. The logic behind that type of thing is, if you can reverse it, means you're dealing with two independent variables. It's, there's one suffix about this piece and one suffix about this piece. So when, when, we, when we multiply them, we get a, a quarter, a, you know, three, three to one. Where I can't reverse it, so basically, I'm just narrowing it down. I'm, is this tofu or, or meat? And even if it's meat, is it kosher treif? It's one point. Is it, kosher meat, is it kosher meat or not? Is it kosher or not kosher? Because the fact that I can't reverse it tells me it's a natural progression of sfekas, not, not double. I just brought in, a, 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 I just wanted to use it as, as this example. When you split two things, you need to be able to show a distinction between the two. I cannot say there are two gods and not distinguish between them. One of the arguments, the Ramban had this argument when dealing with the Christians, the Christians tried very hard to say the God is three but one. So, and, and he tries keeping, to pin him down, what do you mean exactly? So he says to him, Ramban said, it's printed in this debate, can one God disagree with the other one? If he can never disagree, then you're talking about one, then it's one thing. The, the, how do you distinguish between this God, this, this God, or that God? If you tell me they're always in agreement and working absolute unison, then how do you define as three? So the guy answers, well, it's like saying an object is, is, is um, it, it's yellow and it's hard. But, but he says you're just talking about different ways of perceiving something, but you're talking about one object. If they can disagree, then it's really three. Then what do you mean it's one? Can we distinguish into or not? So the Rambam says... A, a corporal thing means it's defined in some way. I can, I can put a boundary around it. Place, time, properties. So if God is more than one, then, then it means that each one of these gods is somewhat defined in, in, in a way that makes it corporal. So corporal doesn't have to mean really physical, but it's, it, it gets boundaries and it is what it is. Um, so he says, this things that are counted and equal can only be separated and distinguished 
except with events and terms that define bodies. Okay, and how do we know God is not a body? And if God were a body and were a defined entity, then he would be limited. He would be, because everything that's a body that's corporal has a limit to it. A limit in, 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 in span of existence, a limit in scope. You'd be able to say from this point onwards, God does not exist. God cannot function. Because there is no such thing as a body that's not limited, because we've almost defined it like that. We said that to have a body, you have to define it. Defining is in English, the word f- fin is limit, like finite, finish. It's, it's the end of something, and defining something means you, you sketch out the ends of it. Um, and anything that has a limit, its power and its force is limited. And then he concludes with the argument he started before. Our God, being that it has no, that, that, that God has no end to his power. Sharia galgal sovev tomit, because you see that the plan, the planets are orbiting always. Ein kocho koachguf, his power is not physical. Vehol veinaguf, and since he's not physical, lo yoru moros agufos tishenechlad nichat meacher. So nothing, so he does not have any way to distinguish God A from God B. So let's go through the carlos that the Rambam, the way the Rambam builds a muna, and, and the Rambam's point of reference in the world is continuous motion of the, the planets and so on. A. B. That requires an infinite power, requires an infinite being to keep that going. Or, or to have put in that type of energy. You can't impart an infinite energy if you don't have that property to start with. That's two. Three. If you are infinite, you cannot be bodily because um, it, a body, by definition, is defined. And that means there can't be two because where does the first one end to start the second one? If God is all-encompassing and all over, it, 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 that is the Rambam's. One or two points about it. I, I looked a little bit into it. We had asked once, why does God, why does the Rambam start with the point of, of Hashem's, um, of, of Hashem's, um, uh, moving everything, instead of just pointing to the world in existence. I found the Rambam Mona Vuchim sort of gives the answer to it. The Rambam says, the Rambam says, I would like to try to prove God, even according to the secular philosophers, who believe that matter has always been there. That matter itself has been there forever. He says, not that I believe that way, but I would like to prove it even with their, from their point of view. And he says, because it's appropriate when you're proving something to prove it from the other person's point of view rather than your point of view. Now, if I'm trying to prove something, I can't, the less axioms I depend on and the less, on my own understanding, I mean, when you try to prove something, you always play the devil's advocate. So the says, basically, even playing the devil's advocate, he says, assume that matter has been eternal, but where was motion imparted to that matter? And the Ramah speaks about it. It's not an internal motion. 
because if it's internal, it would have to stop because these bodies are clearly limited. The moon or the sun, uh, the moon are, is, is a limited body. It's physical. If it was expending its own energy, it would have to stop at some point. It must be that some infinite energy was imparted. That's the, the way it goes. It, it fills in for me a missing gap in, in, this, in, in the Rambam's here. Right. Okay. I, I want to go, I want to add another point that's important. We speak about, the Rambam is very philosophical here, which is very not, this is not the usual style for um, the Rambam at all in this, in this Sefer. In Moron of in some parts it is very usual, but this is very philosophical for the Rambam. The idea of God's oneness is to us, um, it's very nice, but it tends to be not terribly relevant. I mean, I, I don't think anyone has a Yetzirah, I don't think any Jew that, that converted to Christianity did so because he fell in love with the idea of three gods. Most, most of them did it because, because either their degree required it, or because their business required it, or, or, or you know, they didn't want to keep kosher. There wasn't, the Yetzirah of believing in three gods wasn't, didn't attract a terrible amount of people. So, um, what's, what, like, we're, it has to be relevant. We say every day, twice a day, the one thing, we don't say God exists, we say Hashem Echad. On, on a lower level a little bit, which is a drop more re- relevant to understanding, is the point that Rama makes, that when we deal with the issues of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's different midos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishing, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewarding, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving us chesed, to understand that we really mean to say it's one person, but we perceive it differently. One, I'm sorry, one entity, but we perceive it differently. That's a little more relevant, but it's also somewhere in the realm of, 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 of mysticism. It, it's not really something concrete that we can... I'd like to 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 to, to, to explain the point where, where really it's relevant. The Rambam, when the Rambam speaks about when he says in Pirkei the Rambam points to what he feels is the most profound statement in Pirkei He says this statement is the most profound statement, and it's worthy of the rabbis who said something as that. Um, and and the point he, he deals with in his introduction to Pirkei is v'chol maserhu yul l'shem shemayim. If, if, um, for instance, l- let's say a person has a uh, a person is married, so there are there are a lot of things his wife needs support. You need, you need the, the the house needs money. It needs emotional support. It needs presence. It needs help with the kids. There's a whole array of activities that are needed. A person can score, you know. And 80 and 90 percent, depending, he can take 9 out of 10 and help, he can take 5 out of 10 and, and be a good husband, you know, try to be a good husband, and so on. Those are all, it's a, it's, it's a person with different needs, and we meet each need differently. A person could say the same thing about religion. You know, God's got 613 requirements. I mean, 612 is not bad. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of good. You can get it, I mean... You know, you, you can get at any university on 612 out of 613, it, it, would, it would be quite good. Um, the, 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 there was somebody, I was almost in Phoenix, and they were telling me there was, an old, um, there was an old man there who had been raised Orthodox, who had been many years in a conservative synagogue, and now that there's, a, there's an Orthodox synagogue with a kolol, he like comes there and he lanes and does stuff. So... They finally realized the man is in his nineties. He's still quite fresh and he lanes well, but they, it finally dawned on them. He lives ten miles away. You know, he takes a car on Shabbos and gets there. He takes it, and it's so they confronted him, and you know they said you you can't lane in shul if if you take a cab, you know, or a car. It's just not gonna. We, we can't have it. So 
he said, he said, he said it's the only thing that he does wrong. He says, you know, <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of 39 malachas, he only does one once a day. So, so they didn't buy that. Then he said, you know, no. he's, what? No. No, it was a, a kind of stringent synagogue. <laughs> then he said, then he said, but, but he's gone. He says, I've kept Shabbos 90 years. He says, it's more than you and you and you combined. He said, <laughs> he said you know, isn't that something? But in the end, what they did was they got him an apartment next to the shul anyway. It, it, was, it was good for everybody because some, they could keep an eye on him. He was an older man and he wouldn't have to drive. And Shabbos, everything really worked out well. But, but it was very interesting the way he said, it, you know, it's this and this and this. It, the same thing a person's, and, and this is a very hard Nakuda to understand. You know, a person, the more a person becomes from, the more he knows their demands. And, and I remember when I was a young boy and I started getting more involved in learning, I, I was born and raised from. So, in, in, in I went to school that was sort of middle of the road. So, we had morning Lumuri Kodesh, Lumuri Chol in the afternoon, free time at night. And as people began to, to, to be mashpia more and so on, so the guy said, you know, you have to start coming at nights to base medrash, one night a week, two nights a week. And I resisted every step. N- not, it, it was because I knew there's no end to it. They're, they're, never, they're, they're never happy. It, it's going to be five nights or six nights. And, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, you know, I, I, I knew that it's like a, a slippery slope. You, you can't, it, it, they want everything. And, and the question is, well, yes. And, and, and the, the answer is, if, there, if there's only one thing in the world and one God, there are no many things. It's got to be that there are a pyramid of activities. And the Ramam maps it out. The Ramam says um, the most profound statement of the rabbis are and he gives an example of what it means to pyramid. A person's particular voda is learning X amount, davening X amount, and so on. He's got to have parnasa so that he can live. So fine, the, the time he works counts. He's got to get an education to get the parnasa or learn the skill, whatever, that's fine. A person's got to relax. Fine, but it, 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 the person always has to ask himself, um, is, is this thing, you know, is this fitting into the scheme of L'shem Shemayim? And honestly, yes. And it's a tremendous difference. The same person who looks at the, at, uh, you know, a person is learning three hours a day, working eight hours a day, and relaxing three hours a day, let's say. One person's attitude is, I can't do more than three hours of learning. It just, you know, I'm not built for it, and I get very, very tense with it. I need three hours to chill out. And if I, if I, if I, if I chill out three hours, then, then, then when I learn it, it's, it's relaxing. The other attitude is, this is life. I mean, let me live for three hours. Like, you know, Hashem took three hours of, of learning, but give me, give me some times that I can enjoy. But he understands the enjoying as being its tachlis. And, and I remember since we went to a school that was kind of middle of the road, so I remember one of our English teachers challenged us once. You know, we occasionally have discussions and so on. This man was a, a guy. His name was Saint-Croix. He was actually a French to start somewhere along the line. And he asked, well, if, if you're spiritual and, and, so, and believe in a world to come and so forth, then why all this material business? And one of the kids raised his hand. This was ninth or 10th grade. I remember vividly. He said, well, we're supposed to have two goals in life, a material one and a spiritual one. And, and in a sense, the school sort of conveyed it. We've got to have a good Hebrew department, a good secular department. And, the, and, and, and it extrapolated into, there are two poles, and you've got to try to do both. It's not true. Hashem Echad means there's only one thing in the world. Now, 
but but it's very complex how a person gets to it. A person has to be realistic with himself. Can he put in the extra time? Can he not put in? But if his attitude is that the time he's putting in is is um, you know Tashem is enough, and and the rest of the time is where he's where he's realizing himself, that's wrong. If the person and and they both allow you know, the scheme allows for for almost all activities we do. But the attitude and weighing and measuring, do I need to work so many hours? Uh, I, I told somebody who, at the yeshiva by us who was struggling between, he, he, he felt he should be learning a lot more than he was, but, but I think it was hard for him, and he was going to go to law school, I mean, which, he, which he is doing, which he's gone off to law school, and he was struggling, and I told him, I think you have the wrong battleground. I said, your struggle is not going to be between learning to go to law school, because I don't think you're really cut out for learning, and you've, you know, you've done well, and I think it's where you've learned. But I said, your only sign of life will be, are you willing to work at a job and earn whatever it is, a salary, and zehu, and then you'll have time for yourself, or you're going to put in 18 hours a day and earn a lot of money and be very very powerful, but not have a ruchnizik life. That's where your struggle is going to be. You know, when you know that you can make it tops and, and you're content with a, you know, with a, with a job and, and, and earning X amount, and that's it, I said, that's going to be a real sign for you. It, and, and understanding Hashem Echad on the practical level means that there's only one point of reference in the world. And everything's got to be permitted. Even if a person is honest with himself and tells himself, you know, I can't, I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't tear myself away, is by far better than the attitude of, like, why does God want everything? Well, and, and, and that's really, I mean, I mean, really think that's the Emerson Shaft in Krishna. The next thing you say is, Vahafta Sashem al Kecha, Bechol Levavcha, Bechol Nafshacha, Ubchol Medecha. You have to love Akadish Prahu with all your heart, all your, all your life, and all your means. It's a direct continuation of Hashem Echot. If God is the only thing, and there's only one point of reference of God, so that it, that has to include everything a person does. All his passions, B'chol includes every desire and passion a person has, and he's got to find a way how it'll bring him to Avodah Hashem, or how he uses it to Avodah Hashem. He is um, all of his life, because there's nothing else in life but that, it, 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 uh, and all of his means, because that's only, there's only one thing, that there's, there's a tachlis in the world. And it's a very, and, and in a certain sense, it is the really the most essential, it, it's the most essential focus in a person's life, is Hashem Echad. We say Krishna twice a day because it means that that becomes the point of focus. So, even though Ram is proving very philosophical and so on, there's another element to this mitzvah that I think is very important to understand. And when we say we believe in one God, it means there's only one nekuda, um, and, and there's only one tachlis. It, it takes a long time, it takes a lifetime to get there. And no, if, uh, a person goes around saying everything I do is the shame shemayim. I mean, he's fooling himself in a big way. And I mean, it, I, I remember there was a boy, it used, it, it used to be uh, like big Siddish Rebbe's used to sit and Shabbos, they would take a teaspoonful of food and say, the covered Shabbos, the covered Shabbos. There was a boy in the mirror who was basically a glutton. <laughs> I mean, you know, he, was, he was not a, not a very, not a very sister, but he used to sit Friday night and eat and say, L'shem Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. It, it used to drive me up a wall because it, it's such a blatant uh, shaker. It's so not true. You don't, either you don't understand yourself or, or, or you really think you're fooling people. Understand where you are and what you are. But the right picture is like the Ram said. The Ram says it's the most profound statement Chazal ever said. And he says it's befitting for the one who said it, that that uh, and, he, and he says you have to try to figure out the scheme of things. Where is everything fitting in, in into into Okay, 
וידיעס דובר זה מצווה אסי שנאמר השם אלוקינו השם אחד. The knowledge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one is a mitzvah's essay of Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echot. Um, it's interesting. Uh, first of all, not everyone agrees that that is the mocker for Achtos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the mitzvah of it. But he quotes the entire Pasuk. He says, not Hashem Echot, but Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echot. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echot. The the, and uh, really, it, it's just in the words Hashem Echad. I think the Ramam is quoting the Pasuk for a reason, to, to give the whole context. We, we explained, I think, one of the times before, that the difference between Hashem, Elohim, Hashem and Elohim is, Hashem is God as, quote-unquote, He really is. We refer to God in, in, Himself. Elokeinu is as He runs the world. Um... By the way, let, let's refer to Gemara Psachim, which is also very crucial to understand this. The Gemara Psachim says, It'll be on, the day, on that day, God will be one and His name will be one. So the Gemara asks, And today He's not one? Today we have many gods? What does it mean? So there are two answers. One answer to Gemara is, he's, Today He's one amongst Jews, but He's many amongst the Goyim. And the second test Gemara says is, we make two different brachas on something good happening and something bad. When God forbid you lose somebody, you make a, a, a dynamis. And when, when something nice happens, you say, Atova Metiv. Shechianu, Atova Metiv. So the Atova Metiv. So you see that we make two different blessings today. So you see that God is not one today. Which means as follows. God is certainly one. But we can only relate to Him through our perceptions. There is a, a bracha is, is not a muna abstractly, it's what you felt. So when you eat an apple, you feel Borepriya eats, God the creator of fruit. When, when you eat a potato, it's Borepriya Dhamma. You really are stating what it is that you're experiencing. It, it, it's not a muna abstractly, it's the reaction to having tasted a sweet fruit or eaten a filling food and so on. So each bracha, even though you could say shakh of everything, it's most appropriate that you recognize God in each case as he's in that particular experience. So a person, there's a way in which a person perceives God in tragedy, and it's got its own flavor. You know, anyone who's gone through an experience of, of losing some calls knows what it is. You know, it, it, there's, a, there's a sense of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very um, uh, um, like tragic or whatever way, and, 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 and we relate to it. It's not, it's not a problem. There is a sense of, of when a person is, is, makes a simcha, when a, when a person has a joyous event, a person has a tremendous sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and it's got its own flavor. Each one itself is a spiritual flavor, but it's not the same. So as relates to us, that's called Elohim, we explained. Elohim is God as he functions within nature, within the world. That's different. There's Elokai, Elokecha, Elokeinu, Elokechem. There is no Yudke Vavke, yours or mine or his. Yudke Vavke is the abstract absolute, and Elokeinu is as it runs the, the world. So the first thing we say is. It, it, yes, sorry. Yeah. Something we say all the time. You say, we say Yudke Vavke, that, that, just get the, 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 the distinction again between the two. Yudke Vavke is Hashem as he is, as not. It's nothing to do with our feelings, experiences, how he acts in the world, as Hashem is, 
immutable, eternal, existing, always. That's it's sort of the most abstract definition of God unto Himself. Like the, the way we explain the word Yudke Vavke comes from the root to exist. Havaya means like Yiyah, Hoya, Eke. Those are all terms meaning existence. So God exists. That you know, in immutable existence. Now there is the experience that I had. Hashem helping, Hashem blocking, uh, you know, uh, pain and, and, and joy and so on. Those are the elements of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Elokeinu, and that's why Elokeinu takes on suffixes. There's my God, the, the, like uh, um, Rus told Nomi, Elokeich, Elokei, your God is my God. Elokim is, is fits occasions. This is a hand of God. I see God leading me this way, you see God leading you that way, and so on. So the first thing we say is Shema so we say Hashem Elokeinu. That abstract, um, immutable, unchangeable God is our God, is Elokim. But that means that Hashem Echo, despite the fact that when it comes through an Elokim, it comes in different ways. It comes Baruch Daina Emes and tragedies, it comes Atova Meitiv and good, but it's only one. It's sort of, we have to put the pieces together again. God, when he relates to us, um, is, 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 it comes to us in different ways in each experience. And we say all, the sum total of all those experiences is really one God. It's, 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 not, it's changed because I was in a different mood. When I suffered, I, had a, a, I opened up my heart to perceive God in one way. When I rejoiced, I opened up to perceive God another way. But that was my thing, not God's thing. Just like a person, it's, it, when, when a person's had something bitter on his tongue, so something bland will tend to taste sweet. You know, like sometimes you'll eat something and then, I, I, you know, I'll take the same cracker. When I ate something bitter before, salty, the cracker tastes on the sweet side. When you had something sweet before, it kind of tastes on, on the bland or salty side. So it's not the crackers change. My taste buds align themselves differently. They, they weighed sort of the perception against something else. Um, the, the, the perception of the different Elohims is, is, is a product of our emotional changes, not God's, not any changes in God. And it's, it's, a, it's important simply, it's, it's a statement we make twice a day, and it's a foundational belief, and people tend just to look at it, uh, at the take it at lowest commonality, we believe in God, and He's the one God that we believe in. As far as that's concerned, the Muslims basically also believe in the same one God. The fact that whether you call him Allah or, or, or Hawaii is really, really not important. Um, because because the, the name, the words and the name are not important. It's what does it mean? And if, if, if you're referring to the same thing we're referring to, then it's God in any language. The word God is also the same. It's only when what you associate it with. So when we say Shema Yisrael, what do you mean is something else. We say Hashem, God who is one, is Elokeinu. Whatever happens to us is coming from that God. It's directed. It's 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 sort of maneuvered. It, it, it's that's Hashem Elokeinu, and so on the one hand, we associate everything in our experience and life to God, and then we add something to it and we say, but despite the fact that in a sense we're kind of breaking God into pieces, we are. Um, the real God is, is all of these pieces put back together again. L l let me see if I can give an example, because it's, it's a very, very important point. Um, sometimes when you try to explain a certain process to someone, a physical process, uh, in, in something in science or whatever it is, 
you break it into very separate units. And you say, first this happens, then this happens, then this happens. When reality, it kind of comes together. But, you, but, but a person, a person explain a person how a car works. Well, it's okay, so I'm going to have to break it down. How an engine works, transmission works, wheel, and, and so on. There's, so I, I have to give you six different lectures. But uh, someone once asked me, somebody who had never really taken science, he asked me how a computer works. So I told him, I cannot tell you how a computer works unless you're willing to sit through understanding simple logic gates and binary and binary uh, math. It, it just can't, there's no way to explain it without it. Those are the basic building blocks of how a, a piece of electri electricity can, can, can determine, you know, if, therefore. Without that, and, and it's not going to help you because those are the building blocks of understanding the rest of it. It's just not going to work without it. So our perception of God, God is one and all, is meaningless to us. It, it, it's an idea that completely has, I mean, so we can talk it and mouth it. The God that's meaningful to us is the experiences, the, the extraordinary experiences that are spiritual, extraordinary coincidental experiences, everything that makes a person, not only that, that proves a Muna, but that makes a Muna vivid to him, his personal relationship with God. But the danger with that is, or the downside with that is, that, that then you're taking God down to, to your level. God is the one that helped me here, God's the one over there, God's the that. So, so basically, you, you've, you've molded him in your image, and that's that. So you take back those experiences and extrapolate it back again to that one uh, hole that is above us. So Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem, that Hashem is really our God that interacts with us constantly and is the one that directs things and leads things and moves things and so forth. And that God is, but then we say, and, and that Hashem is Echad. So right now we live off the different experiences of Diana Emes, Natova Meitiv, and, and Shahakol Nebedvoro, and Borepe Eitz. And back, when we extrapolate it back, it becomes one entity. So this, the understanding of this is a mitzvah of Hashem HaKein Hashem Echad. Okay, let's hold it here. Let's not start the next one. Um, I just wanted to add also, it was one of the dangers, I talked about last week, one of the reasons why the, the people who, why Kabbalah was not allowed to be studied by outside people was for this problem. Because when you're trying to describe different units of God's interaction with the world, then you're taking it down a notch. And you have to keep telling yourself it's an artificial way of looking at it so that I can understand what's going on. But when I finished all those steps, I'm going back to something that's different. It, it, the same way, for instance, if, if a person is writing like a science book for kids and he writes a love story between an electron and a proton, <coughs> it's a wonderful way to make it vivid and then you, it snaps in. But then you have to tell yourself, hey, you know, it, it's not romance and it doesn't work and it doesn't look like a solar system and it doesn't have bits and pieces. But I got to go through that process to make it real or, or else if you talk about fields to kids, it's meaningless. It, 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 it's, it's just, you, you didn't help him, you didn't educate him. So you make it, you sort of artificially make it vivid in a way that reflects what it really is. But once he's got it down, you say, one second, it's not exactly like that. It, it, these are just ideas to help you pinpoint the different elements, but in truth, it's a hazy thing and it, it's, it's got a very different surety. That, that's really the process of Hashem Lekein on one hand and Hashem Echel on the other hand. Well, Kaviyochum is any time, well, that's any.